Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. One, two, three. It's a hard next life. It is a hard next life. A hard next life. Oh, it's a hard next life. It's a hard next life. It is a hard next life. A hard next life. Oh, it's a hard next What up, Knicks fans, and what is up, Barry motherfucking D? What's up, Craig? My goal is, by the way, for that to be the only fuck that's saying the whole show. Well, now well, that's for those two. Yeah, good luck. All right, because I listened back to the last show, and I was out of control. You got a better chance of there being like a play into the playoffs and the Knicks winning the eighth seed. The eighth seed. Dude, someone I worked with listened to the show for the first time, and they afterwards they said, "You have a potty mouth." And I don't, I've never heard an adult even use that term. Was it an eighty-year-old woman that said that to you? No, it is a, it's a it's a guy like my age. You have a potty mouth. <laughs> Does he have like really little kids at home? No. Was he flirting? Maybe he was flirting with you. I, I don't think so. You look like you'd rather be anywhere else than here right now, dude. You look absolutely <laughs> exhausted. What's going on? You don't want to be doing this, but you got to fucking snap out of it, dude. No, this is. What, what? the fuck what the fuck i'm fine i'm here aren't i you were yawning before we even got started okay dude right when we turned on the mics you said all right let's do this let's make this a quick one i want to go to bed that doesn't put me in a good mindset (laughs) i've been working 15 hour shifts at work and today i is my day off i went in for like a quick three hours and came home so i was hoping to perhaps get to bed at a reasonable hour kind of a day off is that yeah, I I had to kind of set the tone this morning and get everything set lined up tone. for the day, and then I and then I got out of there. When you're working from seven o'clock in the morning until ten thirty at night in the shop, three hours is a day off. Now, I visited the bike shop last week. Yeah, to pick up a seat for the stationary bike we just got because my ass has been killing me. It's a little better. All right. Um, no, it's getting better. Um, and I saw all the bike. You brought me down to the basement where the, all the bikes are, which is crazy. The bikes for repairs are down there, and there's hundreds. I, I wanted you to appreciate the enormity of what's going on. Is that, that is that why you're working so late? Because you don't normally work these late hours. No, no, absolutely not. But this is the busiest the store's ever been, and this is an 85 year old store. It's out of control. It's nuts. And, um, you know, it's constantly busy from open to close now. And so I can't, I literally can't, I can't eat. I can't have lunch. I can't. So I'm losing, I'm losing weight because I've been skipping lunch. I order lunch every day and it comes to the shop around one, but I can't eat it until the shop closes to the public at six. So I eat my lunch at six o'clock at night. And then I, you can't eat food until the shop closes. Yeah. Normally, I would eat in between customers, but there is no in-between customers now because there's a line outside the door all the time. You can't take 10 minutes to go feed yourself. No. No. Yesterday, Listen, Barry, I had you gotta, You got to start thinking about yourself a little bit, all right? <laughs> you, you, sh- you should eat. So 6 o'clock comes, I eat, and then 
I'm there for four hours, you know, placing orders on stuff that I wasn't able to get to. And, and it's still not enough time. It's still not enough time in the day. It's, it's, it's wild. But, I've, you know, I'm, I'm a little tired right now, but I've been okay. I've been dealing with it. I mean, it's a good problem to have, considering where a lot of other businesses are struggling right now. Do you benefit when it's this busy? Do you guys, like, make commission yeah. or something? We don't work off commission, but when the store does good, we make sure everybody does good. So we take care of our employees. That's good. Yeah. So is everyone really excited about it and wants to work crazy hours, or is it really just you? It, it's mixed. I mean, I'm 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 a little crazy, you know, so nobody stays as late as I do. But, um, but yeah, the mechanics are, you know, staying a couple extra hours each day to get these bikes done. I almost forgot to mention, I was going to mention in the uh, the opening music, but if you lo- if you listen to the show and you like it, Barry, everyone should leave some reviews oh. on iTunes. How about that? Leave us go. some fucking reviews, people. Oh, I cursed. <laughs> I probably cursed a lot between there, too. Damn it. Yes, if you like the rev- if if you like the reviews, if you like the show, <laughs> leave some reviews on iTunes, subscribe and get your friends to leave reviews. We got the not the nicest review I think we've ever gotten this week. <laughs> right? Yeah, it was nice. I know, I know it made your day. It made my month. It's the nicest thing anyone said to me in a long time. <laughs> See that? See that? So if everybody could just leave a review, you'll really brighten up Craig's day. You'll brighten up Barry's day too. He's he, he's so miserable looking right now. <laughs> you look so dark in spite of that bright orange sweatshirt you got on. <laughs> it's a comfy sweatshirt. That's why I wear it. And that hair is just continuing. Yeah. Continuing to go. You, you know what? Somebody called the shop the other day. They said, um, they, they said, yeah, somebody there was helping with something. And they said, well, well, what did he look like? They said he was about 25, 26 years old. And he was talking about me. That made me feel good. And that's got to be the hair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking it's got to be that. That and the fact my face is covered with a mask. <laughs> your hair looks so, I mean, listen, I'd kill for hair like yours, but your hair looks so weird right now. It's like a wig. It almost looks like you have a wig, like a toupee. Yeah. It has that toupee look. Can I take a photo? Sure. Yeah, it does have a toupee look. You're right. Like, it really doesn't look real. You watched Last Dance this week? Of course I did. I look forward to these Sunday nights. You know that. A lot of people going into the Sunday because they knew it was going to be very Knicks-focused because it was Jordan beating the Knicks over and over again. (laughs) Right. They're like, oh, I feel so bad for my Knicks fans or Knicks fans are going to struggle. Even some Knicks fans are talking about how much it pained them watching this over again. Well, I mean, it it pained Patrick Ewing so much, he's not even watching it. Well, that's Patrick Ewing. I understand (laughs) that. That man wanted a championship so bad, and the only reason he couldn't ever get one was Michael Jordan. And uh, many would say John Starks, but... See, I saw saw some people tweeting that it reminded them how competitive the Knicks were. And yeah, I mean, they got beat, but they got beat by the greatest player in the world. Yeah, man. I mean, I loved watching the Knicks on a Sunday night... The most, the biggest show of the fucking quarantine, the last dance, and the Knicks are all over it. And it's not because they're a joke. Well, it's because they mean, were actually good. You also had Michael Jordan say that they stood no match for the Bulls. Like, if, you know, if they were all playing at their best, like the Bulls of were course, clearly well, the better team. It was just, but the Knicks had, you know, fight and they, you know, always put up a tough game. But listen, the, they were clearly the, Bulls the better clearly team because they had a more talented team. Is that is true? true? It's 100% true. Well, you know who had a better record that season? Do you know? I know who walked away Do with the ring. Do you fucking know, Barry? I know who walked away with the all ring. Right, well, it's not that clear, all right? Oh, the Knicks Craig. Had, Knicks had th- 60 wins that season. Give me a break. Okay, 
Patrick Ewing, Michael Jordan, put them to the side. Who you who you putting up against Scottie Pippen that you're going to tell me is in his stratosphere? John Starks? Anthony Mason? Yeah, dude, the Knicks had fucking 60 wins that year. They were 60 and 22. Bulls had 57. I'm not saying the Knicks were better. Obviously, the Bulls were better. But for you to sit here and say that because Michael Jordan on the last dance said that the Bulls were clearly the better team, and it, and if the Bulls were playing on as they were supposed to, the Knicks had no shot. Look, really, what Michael Jordan says really is down, not... Is really downplaying the Knicks. I don't give a shit what Michael Jordan says. Of course, yeah, what he, he says, says he's what the greatest he says is not gospel. Okay, what well, Jordan you're treating it gospel. like it is. It, it's not. I'm saying I agree with him. He's right when he says that, Craig. They were the clearly they were the better team, Barry. But to say that the Knicks had absolutely zero chance when they're both playing at their best. All right, the, the, uh, when they're both playing at their best, the Bulls are going to win, and the Bulls clearly have more talent than the Knicks had. I mean, this is a stupid fucking argument in general. I know it is. It's, it's from because it's many obvious. Years ago. Well, it's obvious because it's all in the past, and we know what happened. Fuck it's very easy for you to say that the Knicks had zero chance, but dude, those series were always close. They just always Michael Jordan always came out on top, but they were a hard fought series. For I'll give you that. Him to sit here and say that the I understand why he's saying it, but for you to say it really bugs me. It yeah. really makes me feel sad, Barry. Some, hey, the truth is painful sometimes, Craig, especially when it comes from a loved one or a friend. Fuck out of here. But I was, I, was, I was proud watching the Knicks back then, and it made me miss them. I didn't feel any pain. Well, they weren't a joke. Watching those losses over again. The Charles Smith was a little frustrating, but... Right. I mean, they, they, they were all over him, you know, and I know, you know, it's, it's been a, a, a possession that's been relived a million times yeah. and recounted it 10 million times but i mean they were swarming him i mean the fact that he couldn't go up and throw that shit down oh yeah. shit throw that dunk down <laughs> instead of just these just trying to put up off the backboard from inside right, it, right, right. that is that image is in nick's fans heads forever yeah yeah he was i don't even think he was jumping off the ground it was there was these <laughs> <laughs> just kept bending his knees and putting the ball up and getting blocked right right it's like shooting a gun with while you're covering your eyes. But yeah, when I was watching that, I I miss those days. And I hope that Mitchell Robinson and R.J. Barrett and Kevin Knox and Frank were watching that team because it's easy to forget. And I know you're sitting here saying that we were absolutely no match for the Wolves. Nobody was back then, really. But right. the way you said it really does make it seem like... We, I think you're, getting, you're a little jaded. The recent <laughs> times have made you a little jaded. Because we were fucking good, Barry. We yeah, were I, very, 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 very good. I right. give you that, but the Chicago, those Eastern that Confer- Chicago those Bulls Eastern was, Conference battles between the Bulls and the Knicks were basically the finals. Well, they were the finals for you and for me and for a lot of Knicks fans. That's where our season ended. But we were a great team back then, and we were respected. Yes. And we were fucking feared. Nobody yes. wanted to play us. Pat yes. Riley coaching that team. Oakley, Ewing, Mason, Starks. It was a good team. They fucking battled. And it really makes you realize what a joke we are now, you know? Yeah. These young guys probably have no idea. They have no idea. That's how long it's been. I hope they watched. I hope they weren't all fucking playing Fortnite. <laughs> now, this is uh, this is appointment television, and, and everybody in the a- NBA is watching. It drives me a little crazy after these shows when people show a still from the episode and Michael Jordan's going up against, like, Danny Ainge, and they say that, you know, Michael Jordan was playing against these unathletic 
accountant looking white guys pretty much you know and that's why he did so well but if you watch those 90s games they're they, they're not all Danny Ainge's walking around look at those Knicks teams right and you you know you talk about the spacing on the floor and this and that and how you know the game was played differently and you know Jordan was able to do more things but but when you watch Jordan and compared him to all the other players in the NBA he was just different um the things he could do in the air the hang time that he had the body control he had just the, the 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 majestic way he played the game was just like artful you know it was just so much fun to watch and there weren't a lot of guys like that in the league at the time doing what he was doing even just from a visual standpoint forget the stats and the numbers that he was putting up but just the game that he was playing was at a completely different level how does that hang time work exactly you know what do you mean has that ever it made work? sense to you like he goes up and it just looks like he's up there for way longer than everyone else. But that can't be possible. It's he's almost, yeah, I know, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many times, <laughs> there's so many times, and like with him, like almost, like I feel like more than anybody else, where yeah, like he, he jumps up in the air. When he reaches the apex, it's like he decides at that point what he wants to do with the ball based on where his defender is. And then he could do whatever he wants with it. And yeah, it's like the release comes like a full second later. But is he floating up there longer than other players? I don't get it. Because it <laughs> yeah. seems like he is. Yeah. Inside of that or some sort of optical illusion where he's just able to do so much with his arms and make these moves in the air that it looks like he's floating. Well, that's the whole thing because a lot of other guys, like by the time they're coming down and like they're almost have their feet back on the ground, they don't have as much control with the ball. And yet he has the same exact control as he had going up as he does when he's coming down. All right, let's stop fucking praising Michael Jordan. I'm going to throw up. I know. I could tell it's making you nauseous. It's really disgusting. I know. You hate it. Sucks. He's a gambling addict. <laughs> All right. Horrible person. These days, that's nothing, man. I don't even know how. I know. That's nothing. He bets, he bets some money on golf and maybe some other things. Is that even close to a controversy these days? No. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, who knows what we would have found out about him these days with social media and everything. Sure, he's so... <laughs> who the fuck knows? I, I do like... I know we're going to get off the subject, but um, oh, here we just go. before we do... Like, I do like, you know, how they've been framing this documentary and running us through it and, you know, kind of... You have kind of two timelines going at the same time. And now the next episode that we're approaching is him leaving the, the league, going into 94... And it's coming up on the end of 98 when he decides to retire. So you have like the two different times in his career when he's stepping away. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they, they put that back to back together. And, and to hear, I want to hear from him too, you know, recounting and see if any light gets shined upon the real reason that, you know, that he stepped away that first time. Yeah, it's a hard Nick's life, but for this ad, we like to say it's a crummy Nick's life using a family recipe born in 1950s Brooklyn, New York and perfected on the east end of Long Island. Clarkson Avenue Crumb Cake Company promises to deliver you the finest and most delicious crumb cakes on the market. And by the way, guys, I'm saying this ad right now, Clarkson Avenue's back, all right? Back open for business. With flavors like Classic Crumb, Blackout, Salted Caramel, Brooklyn Joe, your taste buds will thank you. And they're available in two sizes. Online, in the classic 8x8-inch size cakes or their world-famous Crumpkins, which are essentially crumb cakes in mini muffin form. So take a trip down Clarkson Avenue and crumb get some. Visit www.clarksonavcrumb.com. Use promo code HARDNIXLIFE for 23% off your order. Barry, 
Did you see the photo that they posted of this special Mother's Day crumb cake they've got yeah, going on? Yeah, it's their cake of the month, the Kitty's Carrot Crumb Cake. I, I was so impressed by this crumb cake. It is a carrot cake with the cream cheese frosting that everyone loves on the carrot cake. And on top of that, the fucking crumbs. I'm sorry I cursed, but I can't help it. The crumbs on the on the icing above the fucking carrot cake. Yeah, we got it. We got Am it. I too obsessed with this? Because it, it sounds amazing. <laughs> I was I saw it and I was like, I, I might go buy a carrot cake from the store right now, and then an Entenmann's crumb cake and just put on because I want to know what it tastes like right now. You but get it pretty said, quick. But when then you I order said I should probably now. just fucking buy it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but if you guys want to order one, uh, Hard Nick's Life. Use that promo code 23% off your order. I think it's too late to order something from Mother's Day, but get that carrot crumb cake. All right, Barry. Some big news happened the next day, of course, after we delivered the last podcast. Or the day we delivered the podcast. Leon Rose decided he's going to keep Scott Perry around for one more season, at least, as the GM. A lot of upset Knicks fans. A lot of upset Knicks fans. People wanted a clean sweep, pretty much. They wanted Leon to come in, new GM, new coach, knew as many things as they could get because they're not happy with what's going on, obviously. Barry, how did you take that news? I was fine with it. You know, I'm I'm okay with him staying on. In my eyes, like, I have no proof that he was the uh, detriment to this team. You know, we know Mills has been here forever. So he was the number one guy on my list that I wanted out of here. And that happened pretty, you know. Um Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I don't. I haven't had an issue with with Scott Perry, the draft picks that he's made, the deals that he had going into last year. Although we may not love every particular player, you love the deals, you love the flexibility, you loved all the team options, you loved the draft picks they've been acquiring. So I, I mean, I think as a general manager, he hasn't been atrocious where he's got to go. And Leon Rose, you know, wants to keep him on. He's got obviously familiarity with the landscape and had a direction for this team to go. And now maybe Leon Rose is the right partner to make that vision that Perry saw for this team come into a prosperous reality. And and you think that not being an atrocious GM is enough reason to stay on. You can make a look. You you can you can argue. Because I mean, I mean, he, he hasn't killed the Knicks. That's good. I mean, he hasn't traded away draft picks he hasn't he hasn't i mean the porzingis trade in hindsight doesn't look great but we don't know how much of a part steve mills was in all that right was he forcing these moves right we know that there are rumors that mills and perry didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things uh i I wasn't like devastated by the news that perry is staying on because i do think that this is going to be a strange off season especially if it's short yeah um and i when with lee on there you feel a little safer because he's going to be overseeing him they have a relationship it's a much better feeling having Leon running the show and watching over what Perry does than having Steve Mills watching over what Perry does and maybe even making the decisions, you know? Right. Leon is the guy. I mean, he's he's the important piece. It's not like Scott Perry's going to be able to do just whatever he feels like and is just going to do it without approval from Leon. And we know Perry has relationships in the league. I really did want a new GM. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but you, you you didn't want just anybody, you know? Mm-mm. The other half of it right. was going to be, okay, you're going to get rid of Perry. You better bring me in somebody that I consider an upgrade, somebody that's that has a, a, a an A-grade track record. Maybe the guy they want isn't out there right now or... 
where there's nobody that Leon Rose re- feels really strongly about. And, and and like you said, it's a really strange offseason we're going into. It's unprecedented territory. I mean, it's up in the air. Nobody knows what's going to happen. You don't know what the rest of this season's going to look like. You don't know what next season's going to look like. I mean, therein lies a huge challenge for whoever you might bring in. Yeah, I mean, and Leon is hopefully going to bring in enough people and surround himself with enough people to help, you know, scout talent, decide on talent, figure out who we're going to draft, who we should sign. I think that Leon is going to have a much bigger role given his relationships around the league. You you sound very, uh, like you got a clear view of Leon Rose in this role. I don't know what tells you that. I mean, it's... Because, like, Leon's not like Phil Jackson. You know, Phil Jackson came here and he had right. his, his very small group of of people that, that he went to, like Steve And he had nothing Kerr, to prove. He tried to get Derek Fisher in it. There's always guys that you knew had a connection to him. And, and, and Phil Jackson on the other side of the mountain. He had nothing left to prove. You know, this is new for Leon Rose. He is He does have a lot to prove. You know, he has to show that he, you know, is worthy of this position. You know that he that he stepped into. So you're right. I mean, I guess you know he's going to be a, a little bit more motivated. Have you seen these Chris Paul rumors? Chris Paul and I've been seeing a lot of like, who would you rather have, Chris Paul or Fred Van Vliet? Right. I don't know who you'd have to trade for Chris Paul, but I assume if the Knicks wanted him, we wouldn't be giving up any young assets. It would be more of a salary dump. Right. Uh, maybe some late, like a late first round pick or something. Or would you rather sign a, an unrestricted free agent like Fred Van Vliet? Where do you stand on that? Does it depend who we draft? That's a really hard decision. It's not that easy. You know, you could say it's, oh, it's an easy decision. I'm not going to pay over $40 million to an aging vet, you know, that's uh, that's injury prone and, you know, misses a lot of games and, you know, is going to suck you know, all that money out of the Knicks with, with nothing left to play with. Um, but then you say, no, you know, this is a guy that makes the guys around them better. This is a guy that still has gas left in the tank because he had a good season this season. I mean, nobody thought the Thunder was going to broach the playoffs this year, um, you know, after losing all the, the, the players that they had before and, and just, you know, adding Chris Paul. And yet they're, 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 in, the, they're in the mix. How much does he make each year? $44 million. Paul? Jesus. I remember when they signed that 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 four-year deal with him. It was it was crazy. I thought it was crazy when they signed that deal. I don't care who he is. Here's the thing Paul. with the Knicks. You know, we're we're young, we're a super young team. We got a couple first-round draft picks. We all want them to play the young guys anyway. If we had Chris Paul eat up 44, 45 million or whatever is of our salary cap, and that just meant that we couldn't have guys like Randall and Portis, you know, add up some of these not great Knicks that we have that make good money. Would you rather have a Chris Paul with all these young guys around him or all these young guys and a bunch of fucking vets who all suck taking away our young guys' time on the court? I'd rather have Chris Paul let the young guys play more, let him mentor the young guys. He'd be great for Frank, for any point guard we draft, for RJ, for anyone. I would think of it as being like when Jason Kidd came and Carmelo was here. Mm-hmm. It would, he would have such a great influence on the team and these players teach these guys who don't really know what it takes to become great. He's like he's like a consolation prize in a way. We've always wanted a superstar here to sort of teach the young guys what it takes because you really don't know what it takes till you play with one. Mm-hmm. And he might not be a superstar right now. He's still damn good. He might be injury prone. He might make way too much than you'd want to pay him at his age. But they they would learn a ton from him. Right. It'd be way better money spent 
than fucking Julius Randle, Bobby Portis, and Taj Gibson. If those three add up to about forty million, which I think they do, right? And I don't, and I don't like Fred VanVleet. I wouldn't even have to think twice about. Would you rather pay Chris Paul for the next two years to be on your young team, you know, and then the contract is over in a couple of years, or do you want to fucking sign Fred VanVleet to some fucking long term, huge money contract? You're gonna fucking regret that, Barry. Right, right. It's, it's gonna Fred, be. I mean, I know he's had be... a couple decent years, but it's or one or two, maybe just what. Just one year, I think he's had a good year. No, yeah, this year, this year. I mean, he was he was amazing in the postseason last year, and he's been amazing this year. It's like but, a fucking five look, foot eleven point guard named Fred Van Vliet. He's not gonna be a star. You don't want to give this guy a lot of money. I'm telling you. No, what what'll happen if you do is you're gonna in a few years from now, and ten years from now. You're going to look back, recount on this time, and you're going to say, oh, remember the Fred Van Vliet years? Remember those? What a waste. Probably. What yeah. a shell <laughs> of a bunch of seasons that we had, those Van Vliet years. That's what they'll be referred to, and you're going to regret it. It's going to be a big mistake. That's my opinion. I'm Look, I acknowledge what he's been doing this season, but, I mean, if you're going to sit there and tell me you think that's going to carry forward, you can't sell me on that. I'm not paying. I'm not paying this guy hood one good year, big money. He has one one really good year in his in his contract year. How often does that happen? Right. And 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 he was all, he was like money <laughs> um, in last year's postseason on their road to the championship. Uh, so what? I don't give a shit. No, I need no, I to see more you. than I need to see more than one year. I'm sorry. Right. Before I give up our empty cap space to fucking Fred Van Vliet. Right. Um, I mean, I could be sold on the Chris Paul thing. Um, because look, we're not the next two years, you know, we're not doing anything anyway, you know, we're, but all we're trying to do is get better. And if that's going to help us get better, that's all you need to do. And then by the time Chris Paul's contract is up and then all that money frees up when you're maybe ready to make some type of run, if your team has gotten to that point, which we all hope it will. And RJ Barrett takes those steps and, you know, he becomes a, a front man for this team. Let's bring Chris Paul and let's see if this team, if these players are any good, Barry. Let's let's stop saying that these guys, maybe they're not good because they don't have a point guard that can feed them the ball. And they don't well, have look, anyone it, running the offense. That'll prove once and for all, do we have players on this team? Is it a point guard that we need? You're not going to be able to, I don't think you're going to, you're going to, unless we draft someone you're not going to get a better point guard out there than Chris Paul. If we could get him for some late first, for like one or two late first round picks and fucking salary dumps, I'd do that in a heartbeat, man. Did you see, were you about to say something just now? Just thinking about that state farm money as well that he's getting. That's got to be huge. Did you see the Zach Lowe? <laughs> I don't know. How, I don't know how to fucking respond to that, Barry. I'm <laughs> sorry. <over> that. <laughs> that's what you were thinking about that whole time? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was picturing him in his red shirt and his khakis. And then I thought, that's probably a bigger contract than his NBA one. <laughs> he does that with his twin brother, right? No, that's not his twin brother, is it? Yeah. No, I thought it was just a guy that they found that looks like him. That's his twin brother, dude. Get is that real? That's not his twin brother. You are the biggest fucking idiot. It's him. It's just him twice. What? They didn't find someone who looks like him. They just put him in other outfits. Are you are you joking? What right are you now? talking about? They put him in a fat suit? No, that's a different guy. Totally. The guy that says he's Chris Paul? What are you talking about? He's not in a fat suit. He's just in like a. It's not a Chris V-neck. Paul. Yeah, what? it's not. A, he's not fat. No, it's 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 a shorter, stockier version of Chris Paul. It's not Chris Paul. It's Chris Paul. What? Didn't you just say it's his twin brother? I was fucking joking. I thought I, I thought you were gonna laugh. 
But then you you thought he had a twin brother of a sign. I think you'd go that route. Who plays Chris? I can't believe Paul. you think Chris Paul plays Chris Paul in the State Farm commercial, Barry. That's no, what the other guy that always pretends to be Chris Paul. That's Chris do you not watch Paul. the commercials? That's and then Chris, Chris Paul walks out and say, "Who's that guy?" And they say, "Oh, he's trying to be you." The no. series of ads. Listen, it's Alfonso Ribeiro, you douchebag. What are you talking? You're such about? a douche. It's Alfonso Ribeiro who plays the Chris Paul lookalike in those commercials with Chris Paul. No, it's not. Yes, it is. You're such a douchebag. The series of ads features actor Alfonso Ribeiro as the new Chris Paul, where he tries to play himself off as the real CP3. Are these new ads? No, they've been running all season, Craig. <laughs> You're trying to clown me, and you don't all even right, know I'm... what we're talking about. I've seen the State Farm ads. It's it's him in no, different No, you outfits. saw the old ones with him and James Harden and with him and, like, the, the moose... But you haven't obviously you haven't seen the ones for this season because All right, well, I'm going to cut this out of the episode. No, you're not because yeah, yeah. I like it's how this came you. around. No, I like how it reversed itself, and now it's on you. There's new State Farm commercials. They're not new anymore, but yes, there were new ones. There's there, there's a it? bunch of them with Alfonso Ribeiro. I can't believe I didn't come up with Alfonso Ribeiro's name on my own. That I, I don't even know known. who the fuck Alfonso Ribeiro is. Who the fuck is that, Barry? Should I know who He's that from, is? From uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Carlton. Oh, that's <laughs> and Carlton. he was on Silver Spoon before that. Come on, now I gotta watch this shit. I'm cutting this out. There's no way I'm leaving this in there. You're totally. You better fucking leave. I this will not in. look like a. F- no, I will not. I'm gonna drop Alfonso Ribeiro references throughout the rest of this podcast so that you're forced to leave it in. Yeah, that'd be a fucking asshole move. You can't have it both ways. All right, they changed the state for. I haven't seen a State Farm commercial all year. What do you want from me? I just watched. It's it. on all the fucking time. If I had seen that one, I would have never thought it was. Fucking Rivero <laughs> Alfonso Carlton. So I didn't know what the hell you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Ah, fuck <laughs> me. Did you see the Zach Lowe, Chris Herring, first team, second team guesses that they that they recently released? Did you see the shit? No. No, I didn't. Here I am cursing again because you got me all riled up. RJ Barrett did not make either of their first or second teams. For the rookie. I'm sorry, they did their first team rookie and second team rookies for this season. Oh, really? R.J. Barrett didn't make their second rookie team? R.J. Barrett didn't make either of their teams. Really? Actually, in Zach Lowe, his fifth guy, he put undecided, which everyone no. had a field day about. Did they people have to do t- it by position? People were tweeting like, it's kind of weird how they did it. Um, they didn't really do it by position. It just seems like they picked the five best players. All right. So so um, can I take some guesses? Sure, but 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 just so you know, there w- people were tweeting saying like Zach Lowe would rather put undecided than vote for RJ Barrett. <laughs> oh man! Because how the fuck could you say undecided for your fifth guy as Zach? That's ridiculous. Lowe? But wait till you hear who's on these teams. Well, I mean, okay, so you got total, Zion, Marvin Bagley, right? Is he or is he second year or first year? No, he's second. He's been around. Tyler Hero is probably on his list. Mm-hmm. Ja is obviously on his list. You're going through the obvious ones, but I should just read you the second yeah, team, guys. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Michael Porter Jr. Oh, made he Chris came on Herring's late. second team. And it, yeah, I mean, he's not, I mean, yeah. He's like Come a on. Ben Simmons rookie. Yeah, but still, he, I mean. He came on late. He was really good. Yeah, late, but he still averaged seven points a game this year. I mean, restricted give me minutes. A fucking break. Yeah, but he had, he was on low minutes. Part not partly because he was getting back into the NBA for the first time, and and partly because that's a stacked team, and it was hard for them to find a place for him. But when he played, he was he showed great things. 
I don't know how you say this guy's name, but I, I've, I've always heard how good he is defensively. He's on Philly. Matisse Thibel, dude averaged four and a half points a game. Terrence Davis made Zach Lowe's second team. Seven and a half points, three rebounds, assist and a half. Yeah, that's absurd. P.J. Washington made the team. He's a solid player, but fucking R.J. Barrett gets a lot of a lot of hate <laughs> from these guys. That we know the Knicks do. R.J. Barrett in all the rookie categories was really good. Yeah, he was top. He was the fourth fourth in points per game. Top six in rebounds. Top four in steals. Top ten in assists. Uh, how does this guy not make yeah, one of the all rookie first and second teams by either Chris Herring or Zach Lowe? Neither of them put him on. Which is yeah, a fucking weird. joke. He won Rookie of the Month one right. month. Right. He won Rookie of the Month one month. Fucking Michael Porter Jr. gets in because he had a nice little stretch to end the season. I don't know. That really rubbed me the wrong way, Barry. That's fair. That's fair. You climax at the State Farm commercial. You're done. <laughs> Barry's like, I'm not going to say anything else because I'm ending on a high note. <laughs> Made Craig feel like a fool. I'm taking it out, though. Um, Tankathon, Barry. It's time. Let's see what happens. We're trying to break the streak. I don't know how long we've been doing this, but Onyeko Kongwu has been our draft pick every time we do this. Should I try a different browser tonight? You think it's a bra- it's a browser issue? What Big are you going Firefox right. usually? Hanging in there. I'm, I've been doing it on Chrome. Okay. Should I go Firefox or Safari? Go Safari. Oh boy, I haven't opened up Safari in a while. Let's see if it even. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if the website even opens. Probably get some security issue. Oh no, it's here. All right, here we go. Right now, we're sixth in the lottery standings, Barry. That hasn't changed. Sim the lottery. Oh, Barry, with the number one pick in this year's draft, the New York Knicks select James Wiseman. There you go. (laughs) We're done. We're done fucking simming the lottery. We're stopping. We're done. We got what we wanted. We just vaulted up from it. Six to one, Barry. Onyeka Okongwu <laughs> will be joining the Hornets. Thank God. James Wiseman, how do you feel about that? I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm a more of a LaMelo guy. James Wiseman, the seven foot one center. You get the number one pick, you're taking Wiseman, Barry. I know we have Mitchell Robinson. I know we want a point guard, but you just take him. Or you trade down if you want to. But Is Wiseman the clear cut number one for everyone? Yes, pretty much. Yes. This is not like a Zion year. Sure. And, and, you know, the top-level talent doesn't seem to be there based on what everyone's saying, but Wiseman does seem like the clear number one. All right, Barry, you're yawning. You wanted this to be a short show. It's sort of in the medium range. Okay. So we're going to wrap it up. All right, guys, if you want to reach out to us, it's hardnextlife at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at hardnextlife. Follow Barry at Barry Dwork, and you can call us. At 516-33-MESH-1. You could leave a review. And if you leave a nice one, Craig will do the Carlton, like Alfonso Ribeiro used to do in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He'll so you so just excited. mix those up kind of. Do you want them to call the number and leave a review? Is that what you're saying? No, I was so anxious to get that out that uh, probably didn't come out right. Usually you could go you say, to usually iTunes. say you could call, you leave a voicemail, but now you're saying you can leave a review. And you can leave a review on I prefer your reviews on iTunes or anywhere you listen. All right? <laughs> If they start leaving reviews on voicemail, I'm that be doesn't upset. do very good. <laughs> Put it in writing if you mean it. All right? right. I'm glad you fucked up after that whole State Farm thing. <laughs> Brought everything back to normal. By the way, Jason wanted to, wants to be on the next podcast, but this was the next podcast. So what does that mean? Right. 
He sends oh. out. He texted us. He texted us. What did he text us? Are we still us? recording you know, or am I going to shut? Yeah, this no, up? we're still going. We haven't closed up. He texted us. You know, since you guys aren't talking about basketball all that much, can I come on? Right. And what did I say? I said, as long as you have your shit right. All oh, right, as long as you have your shit right. shit right, and there's maybe a seven percent chance, I'll let you come on. We tried to do a podcast with Jason. Did that go well? No, we tried we didn't to do a talk. podcast non Knicks related. Right. And it seemed like he didn't want to do it. Right. I thought he had like a lot of audio issues going on. Right. And I don't. I just don't want to deal with that unless he figures out. If you want him to be on the show, you sh- can you coach him or something? Coach him to get and make sure his equipment is all together. Why are you putting the ball in my court? No, because I don't. I don't need. I'm not. I'm not. Because I do the editing and shit. For him to I mean, get on. You, you don't. Oh, you don't care if he comes on. No. What the hell do I care? Yeah, he's a friend. He wants to come on. <laughs> Would you let him come to your house and just like speak into your same mic with you, or is that weird? Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he could do that if he wanted to. Maybe we'll do that then. Or just to save be, the headache of the. Audio? I think that would actually be funny. <laughs> <laughs> don't you? If he was sitting there, if you, the two of you were over there and I'm here and we're doing the podcast, that I think would be worthwhile. Yeah, I think that, that would probably make him feel more comfortable too. And for some reason, I just see him like eating things the whole podcast, like munching on chips. No. All right. Well, I know everyone's really looking forward to that. So the next show, y'all should tune in. Jason might be here. Oh, they don't give a shit. Why would they? All right, Barry, any final words? No, I, I, I mean, what final words do I possibly have? Would you get some rest, please? Like, do, can you get some time away from the shop? No, the why is everybody telling me to do that? My, 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 my father's giving me a hard time about it. I understand the, the shop is thriving, but you got to look out for yourself sometimes, Barry. And not just, I mean, it, it, you should always look out for yourself, but this is a tough time right now. If I couldn't do it, I wouldn't be doing it. If it was wearing me out, I wouldn't be doing it. It needs to be done, so therefore I'm doing it, and I'm fine. On the front lines, it needs to be done. It doesn't need to be. You're talking like you're a doctor. You're talking like you're a doctor. It doesn't need to be done. Okay. You're telling me if you weren't there, the spikes wouldn't sell. People want bikes no, so no, no, bad. No, no, no. The bikes are selling. The if you left price. for a couple hours, bikes wouldn't sell as fast. The bikes are selling themselves. That's not the problem. The problem is trying to get them in the hands of people and like the time frame that we're telling them they're going to have them. I'm annoying you like your dad. Yes. Parents, I can tell. Yeah, you are. I don't want. Don't tell don't me how to do, do my job. <laughs> oh no! Now you're mad. You're not really mad. I don't mean it. All right, guys. Well, now that I've pissed Barry off and he's already exhausted, so we should let him go. All right, Barry. It was great, and everything I say is only with love. All right. <laughs> I know. Okay. All right, guys. It is a hard Nick's life. See y'all next time on It's a Hard Nick's Life. Were you recording that or no? Ah, Barry wasn't recording that, but I'm leaving it in there anyway. It's Alfonso Ribeiro, you douchebag. What are you talking about? You're such a douche. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.